0: Hi, welcome to another Slices of Sci-Fi. I'm Summer Brooks and with me today is director John McPhail, whose new, uh, I'm going to say horror thriller, Dear David, is out from Lionsgate and BuzzFeed Studios October 13th. And I have questions because there's a background to this. I think I'm missing a piece. So I'm hoping John can fill in the blanks. Hi, John.
1: Hi. Ah, yeah. How you doing?
0: Pretty good. Pretty good. So, this story is based off of a viral. I thought it was an attempt to make a creepy pasta back when it happened, but I'm not sure that it ever really ended. Were you aware of this story before you got the screenplay?
1: Oh yeah. No, I followed it um, in, in 2017 while it was happening. Um, but it wasn't like I was thinking oh i'm going to make a movie out of this or anything it was uh um uh i'd stumbled across it it was one of those like ridiculous like the scariest things on the internet you know like <laughs> clickbait and i'm like i will read you um and i like i suffer from uh sleep psychosis so um i was like hooked and then i started stalking adam ellis and like uh you know it was really funny i really loved these cartoons so I just started following him and following his um his instagram um and then forgot all about it <laughs> until the, the the script landed on my desk
0: how how surprised were you when the script arrived on your doorstep and you're like wait what
1: i ah, no, no no like you know it was uh, like you know that way when you like even the title i didn't i didn't think anything of it but as i was going through it, i went i know this wait a minute I know this like I, I, I've I know it then and I I was like went back and straight onto the, the the twitter thread and I was like ah yeah
0: yeah 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 yeah, yeah. Now, so, so yeah did you talk with Adam at all about developing this into a a movie like this like did you say hey how do you want to see yourself in this or anything like that
1: no, no. Um, like uh, obviously, like uh, when we were in pre-production, I asked BuzzFeed to connect me and Adam because, like, I like I wanted to chat with him, and also, um, like, you know, it's like I, I wanted to find out. I wanted pictures of his apartment, like just like, hey, dude, you know, like can you you send me pictures of your old haunted apartments, like you know, um, because there's already a um, a fan base for this IP like I'm never ever ever going to be able to like tell the the exact story that they want me to tell because like it's there's about have you ever read any of the conclusions or thoughts on this there's there's hundreds of them um and you know you're never going to you know please everybody but what I can do is I can try and transport you to that apartment and you know and, and try and get it as close as possible allowing us to create a a little bit a license to for, for cinematography and a bit of space to move about and things like that. Um, but you know, like the you know the colors of the walls, the furniture, all that sort of stuff. Like I really wanted to get right. So like Adam was was really helpful with that stuff. And um, and I wanted to know like kind of like what kind of music he was into and you know movies and and things like that, so that I could. You know Pepper's apartment with it, and you know like from um, my my costume designer who's just like like stalked him on Instagram, like you know went back to two thousand seventeen and was like looking at all his like outfits and clothes so that we could make like you know his favorite band like T shirts and you know things like that so that fans of Adam like got it and like those that's what those things are for us for them so so yeah and he was delighted that we, we we kept the two cats as well. It's going to be so much easier just to <laughs> use one cat.
0: <laughs> now the in in the film we see a lot of the BuzzFeed studios, the BuzzFeed actual office. Was that the real BuzzFeed office?
1: No, it was like uh, it was it was like it was like a it was like, a, um, uh, it was like a, just like a rental space for like an office, like um, we like 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 computer desks in it. Like that's what we found. Um, but that's what like I I would have, in my brain would think that Buzzfeed looks like you know like people going about in space hoppers and and scooters and lions and tigers like having an egg and spoon race and you know like that that that's what I think it should be like in the you know like you know having folk like Justin Long and and, and Andrea Bang and and Trisha Black just popping off you know like and that was just going to be like for me like somewhere funny work and looks a bit mental and a bit mad. I think I've got a dinosaur in the background as well somewhere.
0: <laughs> so, how hard was it to balance the special effects because you've got a story about a digital haunting. So, there're going to be some digital effects, but I noticed there's quite a few practical effects in there. What was what was your your guiding principle for for reaching that balance?
1: Uh, just try to do everything as practical as possible. That's what, that's what I love doing. So try to do everything as practical as possible. Um, and, and obviously I can't do that with the kid's head. Like, because like for makeup, you need to build up to, be, you know, to to, to to move in. So like, it would look like Brainiac, like, you know, child Brainiac, <laughs> you, know, like, it, it, you know, with his head to sort of get like the dent that we wanted. So like all of that had to be sort of CGI, but we'd got like a cast of, like, the kid's head and sort of stuff and figured out what it is we want wanted to sort of shape like. So, like, every single time the kid would shoot the scene with the kid, we'd need to take the kid out and stick the fake head in and, like, shoot that <laughs> for, like, a little bit so that we had, like, how the light was going to interact with it, the, 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 the wound and the dent and things like that. So, yeah. um Yeah, it was, it was fun. <laughs>
0: <laughs> the To me, the, the atmosphere... Of fear that Adam was experiencing, especially when his sleep paralysis manifested, and that that was very uh moving very very telling it could you could tell uh augustus was was really, really nailing that and just an aside, it took me half the movie to figure out where I had seen him before, and the fact that you have. Someone who once played a serial killer come in and be tortured by something by a a a, a haunting of this of this magnitude. I just thought was hilarious.
1: Um, like Augie, o- Augie threw himself at this, and he threw everything in the kit, like everything in the kitchen sink at it. Like he just um went for it because he just went through like a, it just got through like a whole host of trauma, and it was feeling like really, really good about himself. And this script landed and he was like, like, I, yeah, I can see myself here and I can see like the, you know, parts of me and things that I've, I've just gone through. He's a big believer in like spirits and, and ghosts and he suffers from like actual sleep paralysis like this, where he like, he wakes up and he can see something at the end of his bed. And that's, so, so having that in my arsenal was just like invaluable because he would just, he would just run at it and usually let him go. Um, and for a, for a director, that's 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 amazing.
0: For you, what was the the most challenging thing to uh, to to get right?
1: Um, like 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 all movies, it's like it's they always the same thing. You never have enough time. You never have enough money. Like that's the, you know <laughs> we always we had challenging days. We had we had um, we had good days. You know, but the thing that sort of the thing about it is like I had like such a hard working, incredible crew. Like uh uh like the can like I showed this in Canada and like they were the loveliest people. Like the Canadians, like are, are, they were just so lovely and again, so talented and so hard working and regardless of whatever sort of problems we incur or face, like we just you know Chummed right through it and we did it laughing or and 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 enjoying ourselves while we did it.
0: And and how important was the cat wrangler? I mean, did the cats behave?
1: Well, puffin and penguin, we love puffin and penguin. Like, so, um, uh, puffin who was the sort of like sort of puffier one in penguin, which is which was the big black one, penguin always ran away and puffin didn't. (laughs) So, so even you're trying to get them to run away (laughs) or you're trying to get them to stay, it was a nightmare, but like, um. They were great. They were the, the, the cutest cats. They were the loveliest cats. And um, I, I, we were, uh, you know, people say don't work with, you know, children and animals, but like Cameron, who was the kid on this, was, was the loveliest kid, funniest kid as well. And then <laughs> he would have us all on stitches, He'd be sitting there like try, creeping everybody out and then just make us all laugh. Um, and as I said, the cats were brilliant. They were great fun.
0: I was sitting there trying to wonder, is, is one of the cats helping the ghost or not? Because... That scene with the salt in the door, I'm like, that cat did that on purpose. That's that's, that's just so- rude. <laughs>
1: yeah. uh, Penguin. Penguin was supposed to be like like the, the, the sort of like the, the the aggressive one and Puffin was supposed to be the cute one and it just didn't work out that. So, you know, because Penguin kept running away. <laughs>
0: oh goodness. So since this started out as a BuzzFeed story, did they have any uh, suggestions or input while you were making this or were you left totally alone
1: no this is a studio film like you know like that's that's part of the thing like i I come from an independent uh, film world so this was like a a whole new experience to me um and but doesn't matter if it's an independent film you're always going to have notes and you know notes come down from financiers from like producers and that's the same in this process as well so it was um but it was, it was great. It was different, you know, like like, what's great about the BuzzFeed is the reach that they've got. I've never had a film that's going to be able to have this much reach. And and I've always wanted to work with Lionsgate. Like I grew up watching Lionsgate movies. It's, you know, like when I told my mum, I'm doing a Lionsgate movie, she nearly fainted. <laughs> um, you know, so, so uh, like every film, every single film I've ever made is, has been an experience and I've learned oh, a million things from it. And I've learned so much from this um that'll be able to take forward um and to, you know the next job the next job the next job
0: so was i'm going to try to avoid spoilers here but was having the movie end with questions about what just happened much like the original twitter thread was that intentional
1: it was like there was a, we had a couple of different ways we could have ended it. Like there was a there was a few different endings all sort of sitting there, and like and the thing is is like the the, the Twitter thread and it always sort of we'd always discussed it, which was the fact that like you know one of the one of the conclusions was that Adam Ellis had been taken over by dear David. You know, like that was like one of the 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 sort of the more solid conclusions. So that was one of the ways we 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 had to end.
0: Yeah, because I'm I'm still wondering what <laughs> David was because it started out as he's a, a sympathetic victim of cyberbullying, but it appears he became the cyberbully. I'm like, okay, now we just need a bigger evil entity to come and smack David down because he's getting out of hand. Just that's just me, <laughs> you know.
1: <laughs> we always we always need a bigger entity. <laughs>
0: oh yeah! Oh yeah! come on you have to have a bigger bad in order to keep the little bads in line when they you know exactly. start to step out of their boxes so <laughs> that's that's just me uh so yeah. are are you uh yeah. <laughs> yes yes are you uh working on anything else you can talk about right now like anything horror science fiction uh rom-com whatever
1: oh I get. i've got um i've got a couple of things happening um uh, one of the things I, I'm shooting a, a film uh, the, the top of next year it's a it's a, it's a family film like uh, again I love hopping about genres and uh, I just love character and this is this is a um, the the perfect one for me anyway next and it's shooting here which is nice so like I get to be home um, but I've got like a whole bunch of stuff all sort of spinning just waiting to go and because of Obviously, with COVID, that just sort of slowed everything down, and started getting speed and things getting back up and running. And then you're getting more COVID, <laughs> and then you're getting actor strikes and writer strikes. And but you know, all this is all starting to sort of fall away, and and hopefully this is the next few years are just going to be you know very very busy.
0: Well, I hope so because this was this was curious and it it was really fun in parts and like i said once i once i figured out that uh augustus had played a serial killer in in, in a previous tv show i was just cracking up i'm like okay yeah he's throwing himself into this like he threw himself into that that's kind of cool and uh i i still have thoughts about what david actually is and i mm, I think that might be a good thing,
1: <laughs> like I suppose leaving it sort of open for interpretation, um, like because there's a, there's a couple of obviously there's a, there's a couple of different theories of of, of it behind it as the the um, with the Twitter thread, so so yeah,
0: <laughs> cool. Well, are you available online where people can uh, follow what you're working on next?
1: Oh, build on Twitter last year or something like that i was like i <laughs> <laughs> Build on that i was like nah I'm no more um i like i'm on instagram and stuff like that but it's all kind of private and facebook i like, only want on to facebook because all my pals are sort of like having kids and getting married and stuff like that, so it's it's nice to watch like my friends grow up Well, like, <laughs> still here making movies and With my dog
0: (laughs) so there's there's no place where you where you share like really cool behind the scenes stuff while while you're making movies because i i'm 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 a i'm a fan of those
1: i'm on my instagram like as i say it's private but you can send requests and usually i like i'll just accept it um
0: cool cool well john I would like to thank you for sharing your your insights into this very twisty, very weird story and like putting it on film for, for a broader audience to to check out.
1: No, thanks, Simon. I really appreciate that.
0: And again, the movie is Dear David coming out from Lionsgate and the BuzzFeed Studios, October 13th, available in theaters, on demand and on digital. And uh, if it ever of, of arrives on DVD, I hope there's a commentary track where you get to actually break down everything that's going on because I'm a huge fan of commentary tracks. Are you listening, Lionsgate? Just saying. <laughs> uh, again, thank you, John, and we'll be back with more slices of Sci-Fi right after this.
2: Pseudopod, the free horror fiction podcast brought to you by escape artists. It makes my bones chatter against each other and you sit up in bed. I scream as I remain a statue and then the fury in me becomes a raging hot thing in my chest. Each week, one story told well.
1: There, writhing in lurid agony upon the floor was a short creature, perhaps two feet tall. It was covered with red, wire-like hair on every inch of its exposed flesh. From the most chilling and
2: unsettling storytellers of the genre. The wind's up now, and the sackcloth is blowing in black tatters round it, making it ride like the worms, only oh, that ain't all sackcloth. Subscribe wherever you get your podcasts, or find us on the web at pseudopod.org and on Patreon under EA Podcasts. This is Kevin Murphy from Mystery Science Theater 3000 and Rift Tracks, and you have bitten off a nice big chunk of slice of sci-fi. And
0: once again, the movie is Dear David out from Lionsgate Films uh, in theaters, digital, and on demand on October 13th and uh Joining me now to help me discuss some more about the movie is Slice of Sci-Fi reviewer Lewis Howley.
2: Hello, everyone.
0: (laughs) Uh, Lewis also saw a preview, a screener of the movie, and we both have opinions. Now, I thoroughly appreciate the effort that went into making the film, the the, I, I actually enjoyed some of the scene shots setups. And I think after thinking about it, the movie was more a drama about friends trying to pull another friend from the brink than it was a real haunting. At least, you know, that's what I got towards the end up until the very last scene. The very last scene is very interesting. <laughs> 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 I'm going to call it interesting, given uh, what uh, the director, John McPhail, said in the interview. Now, I, uh, I'm not happy when horror movies don't, thrill me or scare me. And the acting in this movie, I was entertained by. The sets, I was entertained by. But there was, there was something missing for me from the story. And uh, what do you say, Lewis?
2: Well, I think there was a lot of buildup of what was really happening, Um, because of course it's a uh, paranormal or supernatural experience that seems to be going on. And it's difficult to discern whether it's a true case of some kind of sleep paralysis, where you think you're awake, but you can't move your body and that's going on, or whether or not these events are occurring in real time. And I can appreciate trying to build up this suspense, but at some point there has to be a real payoff to this, and not just a continual spinning of the wheels, which is what I thought occurred. I mean, I think the sense of menace was conveyed by the main character more than it was by the action that occurred. Uh, Nothing seemed supremely frightening to me other than these obviously if you were in this person's position you would be freaked out, Uh, but from a remote observer it just was not that scary. Um, I also think that the trope of having a so-called internet troll who turns out maybe to be a demon or whatever it is, telling you you can ask two questions, but if you ask a third, all hell's going to break loose, has been done many, many times before, and so it's really not that interesting, because then the question becomes, well, what is the consequence? You know, and perhaps there was a meta-commentary involved, on the consequence of dealing with internet trolls (laughs) and is it worth it to engage them and are you going to and there were many instances well not many but there were a couple instances where the main character provoked this troll demon slash demon and um i just and i felt the real drawback here was that i did not care enough about the characters I found them interesting, but I just didn't care about them as people. I didn't feel they were fully developed enough, but certainly Justin Long in particular as the supervisor was particularly amusing and funny in this movie in many ways, even when the main character starts to lose their marbles. So, you know, I just thought that this was a movie that had a lot of potential and really failed to live up to it.
0: I am well. Let's let's put it this way. I was curious after seeing the movie, because I remember there being sort of a uh, a a hubbub, a buzz, so to speak, about the original tweet thread that the BuzzFeed artist, the real artist Adam Ellis, posted. And but I don't remember anything about it. So I went and looked for it, and I found the BuzzFeed article that included the tweet thread, and I went I actually clicked through to go back to his old tweets on that subject. And in it, as portrayed in the movie, the tweets he posted that first night, when he, something strange was going on and he was freaking out about it, that's it. He never posted subsequent nights of anything. It was just that one night, and I I realized from reading other people's comments about it that what was compelling about it was how many people kept jumping on because he was tweeting this in real time all night, all night long. And more and more people were following, watching, trying to figure out, is this guy okay? Is he playing a prank? What's going on? So the, the viral aspect of it was just people wanting to know the rest of the story. And, trying to to write an article about it that didn't have an ending how do you have a story without an ending there was no ending there at least none that i could find and it, it sounds like that's what happened with this maybe with the story development they didn't have an ending so they made one up that completely did not fit what came before did not fit the whole the whole thing with with how that ended, how, how his friends came back to him at the very end to, to drag him out of a burning building, all of that. It, just, it, was, it was from a different story <laughs> than the one we started out with. And that's, that bugs me. And it, it's, it's, it, what's even worse is this is supposed to be a media company in 2017, and they couldn't integrate the internet, here's a tongue twister for you, better into the movie. When we've had countless other films integrate the presence, the omnipresence, if you will, of people's social media living it on their phones, being on their phones all the time. We had that movie Missing. We had that movie Searching. Uh, There was another movie a couple years ago called Initiation where you've got a bunch of kids running around on a college campus being murdered. And not only did they integrate them text messaging each other, they integrated a very effective use of dead zones on campus. (laughs) They'd walk around the building and all of a sudden there's no signal and that the the way they used it that was so so much fun uh a few years ago made, like before initiation there was a movie called head count which was adapted from a real creepy pasta that was on the internet and that was really well done and it was oh it was so much it was shot so much more Interestingly, uh, the, just go go find the movie Head Count. The uh, director is L. Callahan, and she did a wonderful job with that movie. And I guess maybe the that particular creepy pasta had uh, a full story to it. I don't know, but what she did with that story, <laughs> some of the the special effects with the I don't want to spoil it too much, but I'm going to say illusions, apparitions were completely, completely believable. They were freaky. They were absolutely freaky. And I don't, I will, I will give the guy who played Adam props. It took me half the movie to remember where I recognized him from. He played a serial killer in a two episode arc on major crimes. <laughs> and uh, let's just say he died ugly. and but his performance, he he captured, to me very well the the manic state, someone who is sleep deprived and feeling oppressed and suffering through sleep paralysis, whether it's psychological or uh, induced by his haunting. I could feel his terror, but I did not feel it myself. Does that make sense?
2: Yes. He was good at portraying that uh, particular emotional state So that it was quite clear to us that it was credible, I think. I also liked the performance of Andrea Bang as Evelyn. Mm
0: -hmm. I thought
2: she was very natural in her portrayal of a friend who's confused at some point after having been an ally. And uh, that was, um, those aspects of casting seemed fine to me you know that was not my issue
0: yeah the performances were were believable it was the story they were telling us that kind of lost focus in some places but i mean he got the movie made and you know well, that's guess,
2: always that's always a tribute that's a, that's know. an accomplishment yes agreed And uh, But I think, you know, maybe you you got at the core of the problem, which was that there really isn't enough of a story here, you know, without extrapolating and making it seem like more than it was, and then to maybe lead people in thinking that they're going to be re-experiencing the BuzzFeed phenomenon, and then it turns out to be something completely different in the film. Um, I don't know how a person who was that invested would feel about that.
0: And the fact that the 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 viral nature, that particular thread that went viral, that part of the story was compressed into the first night uh, that Adam started, you know, talking with dear David. Mm -mm. So it, it took up maybe 15 minutes out of the whole movie. So the, there's, there's the compelling nature of the way the story was told on Twitter. It's not there in this movie. And like I said, what I read that, that tweet thread didn't have an ending. It just kind of stopped when, you know, Hey, morning's here. I got to go to work. See ya kind of thing, you know, just ended. And, I I understand staying up all night to see how a story ends. I myself have made the mistake of starting to read a new book at ten o'clock at night, saying, "Oh, I'll just read till midnight, and I'll read it, the rest of it tomorrow." And you know, two thirty, three o'clock in the morning, I'm finishing the book, going, "God, why did I do this to myself again?" I made the mistake of doing that once with uh, Stephen King. I started reading Pet Cemetery at nine o'clock in, at night and I didn't sleep all night because when I finished the book, I didn't want to go to sleep. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Pet, Pet Sematary got me. I, I knew it was Stephen King. I knew it was what, what I was in for and I did it anyway. Um, the other author who has done that to me multiple times is uh, Robert Crace and his thriller novels, his detective mystery thriller novels. You literally can't put them down. And each time I get a new one, I say, I'm not going to read it straight through right before going to bed. Mm. Yeah, I did. <laughs> and that, that feeling is something I want from... Uh, a, a, a movie, a horror movie, a thriller, an action movie. There's got to be a thread that keeps pulling me through. And it was missing from this movie. It was pretty, but it, had, it didn't have the substance to grab me. You know?
2: Yes. Uh, yeah, it was uncompelling. Uh, that's certainly true. And th- th- there became a point at which you wondered how it would end, because it just seemed to be kind of, like I said, spinning its wheels. And, you know, something had to come to a culmination, unless you were going to have an ambiguous ending, uh, completely, you know, or no ending, you know, or just ends, All a Blair Witch Project or something.
0: Mm-hmm. And
2: uh, I noticed that the company is Lionsgate, which is certainly a significant film company And I have a feeling they were sold on the uh, premise for the story, not realizing that it might not be able to be fleshed out as a complete tale.
0: Well, it's Lionsgate and BuzzFeed Studios. So I'm wondering if Lionsgate just picked up the distribution and BuzzFeed footed the bill for actually making the movie. I don't know what the what the breakdown is on that, but yeah. the, the fact that uh, somebody should have stepped in and said, we need to rethink this ending. And, okay, this, this may be a spoiler here, but at the end, you're not sure if Adam is still Adam. And the director mentioned that, in the interview, you can go back and and check that out. But John mentioned that, that, that there's a question there, that last moment you see Adam and his reflection. And it wasn't until after, well, well after the interview was over that I wondered what was the point of that?
2: Well, it certainly can't be a sequel um i and i mean i just didn't care enough about that character that i would even want to know although now that you mentioned that buzzfeed was involved in this film you have to wonder um obviously they have proprietary interests as it's their original media that this occurred on but you have to wonder if they thought maybe this would promote their brand uh but you know frankly i'm no more likely to look at buzzfeed and no less unlikely to look at buzzfeed as a result of this movie i'm neutral on that
0: and buzzfeed sold off the best part of their business earlier this year buzzfeed news they no they didn't sell it off they shut it down um and buzzfeed news the real news arm they actually won like real real world news awards so Mm -hmm. i don't know so
2: so ultimately this is just kind of an unsatisfying film it's not terrible, but you know, it's just doesn't rank up there with the best horror films. That's for mm.
0: sure. Oh yeah, I've seen worse. I've unfortunately seen <laughs> much. Oh, well, many, many, many worse <laughs> uh, indie films and studio films. Hello, there's a couple out there that I would rank "Dear David" above just because i i have I have gripes. With certain studio films that claim to be horror movies, jeez, really, anyway, yeah, so that's that I think that'll 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 cover all of the extra thoughts on dear David, I have anyway
2: what would you rate the film summer out of five two yeah, that would be my rating as well you know um that that seems like a fair rating.
0: Yep, 2, 2 is about it. That's about it. Yeah, anyway. Have you dear listeners seen Dear David and wish to comment? Feel free to do so. Call in, the number is 602-635-6976, leave a voicemail message, uh or you can come by the website sliceofsci and leave your question or comment in the discussion section for this episode. You can also question my, uh, <laughs> my impressions over on Twitter at SliceofSci-Fi and we're over on Blue Sky now at SliceofSci-Fi.com. You can listen to Slice of Sci-Fi on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Tune in to Player FM and iHeartRadio. And if you're listening on Apple or following on Podchaser, please consider leaving us a review. Let folks know you are enjoying the show, and they should maybe check it out for themselves. You can check out more reviews with uh, Lewis and Noah over on our YouTube channel. It's youtube.com slash at sci-fi. Head on over there. We have uh, some other content. We'll soon be adding the, uh, filling out the, the YouTube podcast section. The old uh, Kick-Ass Mystic Ninjas shows will be there. Uh, different Point of View will be turning up. The old, uh, the, the, the Babylon 5 audio drama, Voices of Babylon 5, uh, Three-Edged Sword, will be there eventually as well. Uh, so go check out our YouTube channel for that content and more. And uh, i like to thank everyone who is currently helping to support all of the efforts here at Slice of Sci-Fi, all the different little pockets and niches in the Slice of Sci-Fi universe. Uh, we have sliceofscifi.tv, writersafterdark.com, babylonpodcast.com. All of those are kept online through your help and support through pledges and donations. And uh, yeah, keeping keeping websites and media online, they charge you for that. Who knew, right? But uh, if you'd like to add your support, the place to go is patreon.com slash sliceofsci-fi, where you can pick a tier, any tier, and you will become eligible for perks. Every month, uh, the random number robot picks an email address out of the hat, and that person can choose from books, DVDs, uh, 4Ks, Blu-rays, basically review materials that I receive that I really, I don't have the space to keep all of it. So supporters, friends, and listeners to the show get a chance to get some goodies. Uh, And if you'd like to add your support without committing to a monthly pledge, The link you can use is paypal.me slash sci-fi summer. You can also help support things by going over to sliceofsci-fi.net. That is our curated shop. Uh, All of the links there are affiliate links where you can purchase Blu-rays, movies, TV shows, books that uh, myself and others in the slice of sci-fi contributors pool have have uh, thought were, were entertaining enough to recommend to other people. So you can check those out over there. And that'll do it for this episode. Thank you all for listening. We'll be back with more slice of sci-fi next time. Take care.